I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I miss you, man. I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you? Hello there. This is... I miss you, man. My name's Lonnie. His name's Dylan. How you doing, Dylan? I'm doing fantastic, mate. How you going? I'm okay. You seem a bit on edge. You seem a bit antsy no. this morning. No! No! No, 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 mate. I'm just happy to be talking with you, my friend, Lonnie. Okay, that's good. It's <laughs> good to hear. That's good. Um, because you know what, Dylan? They'll let anybody do a podcast these days, aren't they? You know, you yeah. and I can do it. Anyone can. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Now, for dear listeners, could you please explain um, what I Miss You Man is normally about, Dylan? Well, normally it's about you and me taking each other through a topic each week that could be anything, Lonnie. Mm-hmm. Life, pop culture, and everything in between. But that's not what this series is about, is it? No, this is our special mini-series, The Christina Chronicles. And what do we do in The Christina Chronicles, Dylan? Uh, a deep dive into the filmography of one of our favourite actors, Christina Ritchie. That's right, and we're getting deep into it. We're in the thick of it, really, aren't we? It's chapter 12, Dylan. 12 deep, and uh, I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah. Now, after everyone got it wrong with that darn cat last um, episode, I'm pleased to announce that the critics and the fans and everybody in the world is correct for once about this week's ep- this episode is The Ice Storm. That's right, that's right, Lonnie. Yes, so, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> 13% of people were okay with that darn cat, and I was one of them. <laughs> but now, I think, Dylan, I think the Christina Chronicles might have peaked. What do you think? With that darn cat or this movie? That, that, with the ice storm, I guess. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I think this is the best one so far. Yeah, I'd agree. And hands down. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not even close. Yeah, The Ice Storm. If you haven't heard about it, um, I, I'm ashamed to admit I hadn't actually heard of it before, Dylan. Had you? No, no. Yeah, a bit of an underrated or underappreciated gem. Um, but that, that's to be expected, I guess, for us because it came out in 1997, so we were kids. And then, I don't know, it, it, it's just sort of flown on the radar since then. Even though it's got a, a big cast, Ang Lee is a very well-respected director. Um, the cast, let's just go through them. Kevin Klein, Joan Allen. Tobin Maguire, Elijah Wood, Sigourney Weaver, Katie Holmes in her first role. Mm. Um, just, yeah, Stella, really, hey. You forgot our boy Crumholtz, mate. <laughs> I've got some comments about Crumholtz, don't you worry. <laughs> David Crumholtz again, second time peeking into the Christina Chronicles. Yeah. It was good to see him. <laughs> it was a nice addition, actually. Yeah. He didn't get any screen time with Christina, though, unfortunately. No, but that's yeah. that's all right, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, as always, we'll speak freely about the movie um, mm. and its plot and so forth. So if you haven't seen it, I reckon you actually do go watch this one. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I highly recommend it. Yeah. So do that and come back or, you know, here be spoilers, basically. Yeah. So, Dylan, could you please explain 
what the ice storm is all about. Well, it's it's just basically revolves around these two families in like a early nineteen seventies rich suburbia, I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just like how they're dealing with like the changes in society, with like in regards to like the evolving uh, societal. Uh, changes around like yes openness about sex and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing and yeah just the the swing in 70s mate. yeah and all the complexities and contradictions that 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 comes with all those societal changes yeah and it's really about the the relationships between these two families and the characters with each other it's a very character driven film mm-hmm. it's um the far cry from bear mountain in that darn cat. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank goodness it is. I think this is pretty much where I think the kids maybe stop and uh, adult Christina Chronicles begins. Yes, yes. I don't know if I've said it on air or to you off the pod, but mm. I think this is where Christina's really starting to pick the role she really wants to do herself, mm-hmm. as opposed with, you know, what's being recommended by, I don't know, family or agents or what have you. Yeah. And to be fair, there was that period very early on in her career where she was like the daughter for one one or two scenes in an adult movie. But yes, we had a, a, a long run of her being in kids' films. Now that's totally fine. But I can see this came out in 97, so I'm guessing it was filmed in 96, 97. Mm. And so she would have been about 16, 17. I'm guessing she's probably finished up any education she was doing and now she can fully pretty much go out there and, and do the do the movie she wants to do. And if you look at her um, filmography, John, <laughs> In 97, 98, she's in like 10 movies. Yeah. So yeah. she must have just like gone, yep, I'm going to make any movie I want from now on. Yeah, she's just, smashing them out. Love yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, I think she said in an interview that um, this movie is like the first movie she's done so far that she would actually go to see as a movie goer. Yeah. Which, you know, lends credence to the fact that she's doing what she wants to do now. That, that's awesome. Now, we're at the, actually at the pointy end of her Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it's the fresh meter is 85%, which is, you know, up there. Um, as I said, that done cat, 13%. Don't know why. <laughs> because it's terrible and trash. That's why. Sometimes the critics get it wrong, Dylan. So <laughs> Do they, though? I don't think they did in this case, though, son. Speed Racer, yes. This one, no. I'm a truther. I'm going to be there until the end with that darn cat. That's the hill you're dying on. Yeah, for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) So, the ice storm. You talked about how it's about these two families. Um, It's not really a great endorsement of families, is it? No, not particularly. They're pretty pretty ordinary families, aren't they, for the most part? Yeah, so Kevin Klein is the dad of Christina and and Tobey Maguire, we should say. Yeah. Yep. Um, Tobey Maguire is like, he's off, he's 16, he's off at boarding school and he's coming back for Thanksgiving for a few days. Um, and Christina is the you know, little sister, is at home. She's going around exploring her sexuality um, with some local boys, the neighbours basically. Um, and, and Kevin Klein is having an affair with the neighbour, Scorny Weaver. And it really is, is that kind of. Uh, it all sort of spirals out from the dad, I think. Did you get that impression? like From Kevin Klein? Yeah. Yeah, well, especially the, the Hood family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's involved in a lot of it. Like, um, He's involved in, obviously, the climax of the film later on with Elijah mm-hmm. Wood and mm-hmm. 
um, his uh, affair with Sigourney Weaver mm. is kind of the kind of the main plot of the film, really. Pretty much, I think that's kind of like the like the inciting incident, where it is kind of like the one act or the one decision that everyone's life is going to be affected by spiraling out from that. Not directly yeah. necessarily, but it is kind of like I don't know. You know, when the ice breaks and it all sort of splinters off from that, I think that's kind of what you could argue that is. Mm, um, very observant, mate. <laughs> Love it. Not much happens in the movie. It's just, as he says, it's a few days in their life and just sort of character-driven, seeing what they get up to. But I felt it was very gripping. Did you, yeah. Did you, were you, like, the whole time excited to see what's happening next? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God, is his wife going to find out that he's having an affair? <laughs> How's she going to confront him? How's he going to deal with it? And oh my goodness, Lonnie, I couldn't, I couldn't look away. It's very engaging. Very it's engaging. a struggle to take notes. I didn't want to look away from the screen. Yeah, I feel that. And it's like almost two hours, but it didn't feel like that, did it? No, no, definitely not. And like, you know, it is about rich white people who are having depression because they're having an affair or because society isn't very exciting. But like, you know, People can be sad and interesting, even if wherever they come on the socioeconomic scale. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's probably one of the most realistic films I've ever seen. Mm. Like, this is very much how people would act in these situations, I feel. And if it wasn't full of famous people that we know, <laughs> you'd nearly think it was like a documentary or something. Yeah, I agree with that. Every performance is so... Um, affecting and realistic and but not in the sense of like i don't know not showy i guess i'm saying you know some some performances are almost like they're not acting you can tell they're putting on a performance in this film but it's just so engaging it's like very much like the whole whole film is making you lean in to watch closer isn't it yeah well i suppose an example of the realism that it portrays is like example with toby Maguire and christina ricci hmm. um they like just call each other Charles, <laughs> which is just like an inside joke that's never explained to us, but it gives the the characters a sense of history and familiarity with each other that mm. is just for them. So it makes them feel like real people. Absolutely, I I, I, I like that detail for sure. Just it's not something that made sense really, but you think about it, like it does make sense in this in a wider sense of your kids have that weird stuff that they do as yeah. siblings. But if you're looking for an explanation in the film, you're not going to find it because it doesn't actually get explained. But that, that's good. Yeah, I yeah. Like let you draw your own conclusions. Mm. And a lot of um, the character motivations are the same as well in the film. Mm. Like a, not, a, a lot of it's not explained, so you have to kind of figure out or fill in the holes yourself of why these characters could be doing these things. And um, like with Christina Ricci, she's like experimenting with like both the neighbour brothers. Mm. It's it's never explained why she's doing that. Um, and Sigourney Weaver, she like walks out on Kevin Klein at one point, <laughs> and she says it's because she just decided to do errands. But obviously, there's more to it than that, and you yeah. can tell that from how she's interacting with Kevin Klein after the fact. Like you would think, like oh maybe it's because he was starting to get a bit too close to her, and she was just looking for just a simple affair, just mm. sex and pleasure. And he was probably reading a bit more into that than she would like, but. Again, mm. that's my own conclusions I'm drawing. The film doesn't say any of this outright, which is good. Yeah, I think I think there's enough there so it's not like hidden from you, but it's enough for you to think about it yourself, for sure. Yeah, 
Absolutely. It's a film that begs to be analysed. Yeah. Okay. Well, in that sense, why do you think he was having the affair in the first place, Dylan? Uh, I think it's a combination of things. Probably, as you said, lack of excitement mm. in his life and in all their lives, really. Like his his wife at one point, um, she just decides to ride a bike out of nowhere like she used to when she was little just because mm. she sees Christina doing it. So mm. maybe trying to recapture the excitement of youth and she shoplifts at one point too. But yeah. she has no need to because she's a rich suburban wife. <laughs> yeah, and that scene, I was reading some things about it. It just came after she basically twigged that her husband's having an affair. So was that her trying to act out, get some mm. control in her life? or Possibly, possibly. Yeah. Enough to make you think, but not enough to beat you over the head with it or it's not that obscure that you're like, what the hell's going on here? It's enough to make you like, ooh, I wonder. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Fantastic stuff. So I wonder if he, like, you can see you're never going to excuse somebody for, you know, cheating on their, their partner. No. But you can look for explanations in their behaviour. And so I'm guessing there are elements of him needing or wanting that that physical relationship that wasn't present seemingly with his wife um, anymore or to an extent that he wanted it or because he, he very much, he like this that scene after they go to the dinner party where he comes back into bed and tries to start something and she just says no. Yeah. Um, but then as he's with... Sigourney Weaver, he's obviously um, fulfilling that physical need in his life. He's also trying to fill, like, the the other needs of his life, like telling her about work and stuff. And she says, yeah, she has a really golf. great line. What's the line, Dylan, about husband? Oh, she's like, I've already got a husband. I don't need another one. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just basically like, oh, yeah, right. We're having an affair. Yeah, just sex. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Okay. Yeah. Pure pleasure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> But that does indicate that maybe he's looking for more than just sex. He's looking for actually to have a partner in life, which his wife perhaps is not. They're like they they've disconnected so far that they're not doing that. And they even talk about how the fact they they went to couples therapy but didn't need it. Mm, okay, mate, maybe you didn't need it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, we heard some odd sex scenes in the Christina Chronicles so far, Dylan. Oh yeah, uh, not with Christina, um, to be clear, but with other characters um when she was the kid of the of the granddaughter i'm thinking yeah. especially in cemetery club mm, you remember don't that one, mind you? me don't remind me <laughs> the awkward condom scene i don't need to imagine that again but yeah, yeah well it was sweet in some ways too though no okay no. but i think this movie takes the cake so far um with odd sex scenes oh I'm, I'm thinking well obviously there's the one where christina is wearing a uh, nixon mask <laughs> <laughs> and that's President Nixon, I should say, and she's um, letting Elijah Wood basically just... Dry humper. Yeah, just go yeah. for it. And then she gets caught by her dad and then doesn't take the mask off. Oh, okay. Yeah. But her dad's the also re- having an affair upstairs. Yeah, that's the only reason he <laughs> caught them. And yeah. he's on his high horse with her, like getting yeah. up her about it. Bit hypocritical, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that other scene I was thinking of in terms of odd sex scenes. Well... There's a, a very long key party scene, I guess we could talk about. Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. Do they actually happen, Dylan, or are they just in movies? I mean, I've never heard of one happening in real life. Yeah. Never I mean, heard it in any circles. I've never seen it on the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, why is... would you? It's so weird. Oh, yeah, I just, if you want to have an affair, go have an affair. And I, I guess it gives you that sort of sense of, um, 
you'd be protected because you're like, oh, we're doing this game and then if the key gets picked up by someone else, they sort of have to go along with it because we're playing a game with our friends, you know. Yeah, so it's it's like cheating without actually cheating, cheating without the guilt, I guess. Gives you cover and also your partner gets to cheat at the same time. Yeah, I suppose. If you're into that, go for it, I guess. But it was very odd just the way it all played out. And I love Alison Jenny. That was great to have her. (laughs) Yeah, a little little bit of a cameo there. And and she's loving sort of being in charge of it. You can sort of see she's um, getting some pleasure from coordinating the key party. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But that was just a very odd scene, and it does sort of speak to those those ideas of rich um, suburbanites who who give off the aura of being normal and perfect, but also behind the scenes they're getting up to all sort of sorts of mischief. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the scene eventually where, where Jane Allen, the mum, gets um, into the car with um, Scorny Weird, like her, you know, the their partners are both having affairs, and so they end up together, you know, as as all movie logic sort of leads towards that happening. Um, so the partner of Sigourney Weaver, who's the, having the affair with Kevin Klein, her, her partner, they get in the car together. And they don't, doesn't seem like they're going to have the affair, but they also kind of seem obligated to. Did you get that sense, Dylan? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, I think they just wanted uh, some empowerment from each other, mm. really. And the fact that Sigourney Weaver goes off with the younger man at the party and that the husband sort of just resigned herself to it. I get the feeling not the first time she's been doing this sort of thing. No, no, definitely not. As, as far as you can tell, it mm. seems like something he's just knows about and's come to accept on the yeah. whole. Yeah. And I guess it's still in the time where you, you don't get divorced. Yeah, true. Easily, hey? so. Yeah, absolutely. So then he sort of, they, they you know, the passion of it comes in the car together and... He just they they kiss for like a second, then he undoes his pants and then just wraps himself, and then it's all over. And you can tell she regrets it immediately because it's not. I think in her mind she's like, well, if I'm going to have an affair, I'm going to have an affair and be passionate. It's going to be love, and then yeah, it's just the most awkward thing over in ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she gained nothing from it. Yeah, and I, she's probably she goes straight back in and sort of literally looks after her husband and leaves the door open for him to get back into their life together. Maybe it's sort of wake-up call, I suppose. But Yeah, because he didn't end up with anyone because he got so drunk. Yeah. And yeah. How, how awkward was the part where Sigourney Weaver picks a key for the young man, as yep. you said, and he just gets up and is like, no, no, and just yeah. falls out. Oh. So, so I, embarrassing. For everybody, yeah. Just pathetic, really, wasn't it? Yeah. And I, I think he sort of saw himself as just Lothario who's, you know, having this this affair and it's exciting to have an affair, I imagine. And then he just embarrassed himself, you know, repeatedly in front of his wife and in front of everybody at the party. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just very much an exploration of those, yeah, social mores and um, the hidden underbelly of, of uh, perfect suburbia, which you mentioned straight up that it's a bit like American Beauty in that sense. Yeah, Which absolutely. Came along a few years later. I feel like this is better though. To be honest, uh, I didn't want to say it, Lonnie, but yeah. I I think I agree. Yeah, and and the fact that it came first sort of paved the way could be argued. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. It's um, because like, you know, really, the most engaging character in that one was Kevin Spacey's mm. American Beauty, whereas this one, like, everyone's engaging, really, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. 
Um, did you like all the, the Fantastic Four stuff? I love the fact that it's Toby Maguire <laughs> talking about the Fantastic Four. Very surreal, wasn't it? Yeah. Hearing Spider-Man discuss the Fantastic Four so much. And, and like, straight up, too. Yeah. <laughs> From the very first, like, minutes of the film, he's up there talking about it. Yeah, reading the Fantastic Four comic and, yeah, just dissecting mm. <laughs> the philosophy of the Fantastic Four and that they're a family more than a superhero team. And mm. it's great stuff. And it clearly shows that Ang Lee was a Marvel fan before he did Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I haven't seen Hulk. I need to get onto it. You haven't seen Ang Lee's Hulk with no. Eric Banner? No. No, don't watch it. Oh, well, I will. But it's bad, Lonnie. We'll see. No, it is. It's very bad. It's awful. Honestly, <laughs> don't watch it. Um, that, that was interesting, the way they talked about family in, in terms of the Fantastic Four. And, and some of those, like it's come to a book, this um, movie, and um, Rick mm. Moody was the, was the writer, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, this idea that like family is the thing that you come from, the thing you try and escape from, but it's also the thing that you're always drawn back to. Yeah, and I don't think overall it's positive uh, message about family, but it is kind of, you know, maybe resigned to this fact that the family is a thing that that creates you, but also it's a thing that's going to destroy you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's and it shows that throughout the film. Well, actually, yeah, I, I agree, Dylan. I'm, I've got a review here from um, Brian Eggett from Deep Focus Review website, and it's about Fantastic Four. So I thought I'd mention it now. Yeah. yeah. Um. Talking about the metaphor of the Fantastic Four to the family. I wonder if you think this is going to be line up um, directly, Dylan. Yeah. The metaphor places Ben in the role of Reed Richards, Elena in the place of the Invisible Woman, Sue Storm, oh. Wendy in her experimental sensibilities in place of the fiery Human Torch, and Paul, and that is um, Tobey Maguire, as a thing, a physical monster rejected by all but his blind girlfriend. Like Reed Richards' choice in the comic, Ben's adultery. And the comic is the one where they have to destroy themselves with the anti-life matter or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben's adultery, propelled by the family's inability to communicate, leads to the destruction of Paul's vision of his family. Reading his comic, Paul compares family to antimatter, suggesting that matter and antimatter must always return to one another. Similarly, in his narr- narration, Paul extends the metaphor and describes family as death or our personal negative matter that thrusts upon a person into thrust the person into negative space. At this moment, Paul realizes that his family is not a team, but a dysfunctional whole led by a destructive figurehead. Nevertheless, the laws of nature compel Paul to return to them. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I was talking about, Lonnie. Just it's it's got layers, this movie. It's like an onion Lonnie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so and I think, you know, I haven't seen American Beauty for a while, but I think maybe it's deeper than that. But maybe that's being unfair to a movie I sort of remember from a few years ago. No, I, I feel the same way. So, mm. I, yeah, I think between us. I mean, I saw it a few years ago, so, but mm. yeah, yeah. I think I think on the whole, this one's great. Yeah, yeah much not better. American Beauty's bad necessarily. You don't have to no. compare things, you know, just to say one thing's good and one thing's all bad, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to really highlight um, Joan Allen as the, as the mother here. Oh, okay. Um, I really liked her. I've liked her in lots of movies, and she's, you know, a movie star for sure, but always, um, well, not so much these days. I haven't seen her much recently, but also very understated in every role, so not over over the top anything. And no, I feel not like, chewing scenery. No, no, not at all. I feel like here she's doing a lot with a little, 
Um, I was really drawn to her, and you're supposed to be on her side because, you know, she's the woman who's being wronged, but mm. I think she gave the character real depth, um, especially in the later scenes you know, at the party where you're like, don't know what's going on here at all. Yeah. Um, you know, she's there. She makes them go, even though she's just worked out the affair and she's having that, they've had an awful fight going into it and they almost leave. And then she's like, no, we're going to get back. We're going to do this because we're here. And she's punching him basically. Yeah, pretty much. And then she's getting hit on by the priest who's supposedly this nice guy, but maybe not yeah. if he's had a key party as a, as a priest. Yeah. What's he saying? Like even the shepherd needs like comfort from the sheep every now yeah, and then or something okay, like mate. that. A bit mm. weird. <laughs> not okay. Not okay. No. Uh, I just, I just feel like um, that can be a thankless role, you know, the woman who's being cheated on, but she gave a lot more um, than it maybe it could have in another other people that person's role. So, yeah, yeah. good, good stuff, good. I reckon. Great stuff, mate. Great yeah. stuff. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, shall we talk about Christina? Yes, yes, let's, yes. So... You know, we've we joke a little bit about how the fact that she always plays an outcast. Um, you know, whether that's school or in the community. I think here she's she's an outcast again, but not not exactly mainstream. But she's not as much of an outcast as other roles. Like she's got friends at school, it seems. Yeah, um, yeah, she's got a group of girlfriends. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But she's really pushing the boundaries, isn't she, in terms of of sex and um, what's acceptable and that sort of exploration phase of your life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, you, yeah, I don't really know what to, to make of her motivations in this, to be honest. Like, mm. does, she, um, does she just like the, the younger brother all along and she's just using the older brother to get to him or does she just not care about either of them? She's just doing what she wants with them and feels empowered by toying with them both and their feelings. Mm. It's many layers to the performance on it. Yeah, you're exactly right. So she's the same age as Elijah Wood's character and they could, like, you know, they're, they're both keen to have sex seemingly, but she's not interested, really. Like, it seems like they've experimented, but it was sort of his pushing and her just going along with it. Mm. But then she takes the lead. Um, with the younger brother. With the younger brother, like, she literally says, I'll show you yours, you know, show me yours, I'll show you mine. Oh, it's- such an awkward scene. Very awkward scene. Especially, and you felt so bad for um, the younger brother as well because he's, he's like fumbling with his pants. He's very nervous and then mm. just ends up freaking out ultimately. Yeah. And I, I get the fact that he's like maybe a year or two younger, but yeah. also he seems like much younger in a developmental sense, doesn't he? 
Like he's still playing with toys and interested in, like he just seems much younger in that sense compared to her, who's like you know socially younger. Socially, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So but I'm not he sure. also blows up his toys and yeah, yeah. So he's experimenting. Yeah, a bit of a rebel. Well. Yeah. yeah. I love um, how Sigourney Weaver catches him blowing stuff up. And she freaks out. She's like, what the fuck are you doing, pretty much? Mm. And then she's the, she finds a whip and she's like, what's this? He's like, it's a whip my uncle gave me. She's like, well, play with the whip then. Don't blow <laughs> shit up. Like, <laughs> how's that? That's dangerous. <laughs> uh, no, I know. I, I didn't get that at all, but it was it was funny. And I don't know. The, I, I thought for a second that the mum was going to take the whip and be like, yeah, BDSM or something, but oh. maybe that's just me. I don't know. Jesus. <laughs> Why? Uh, but yeah, with, with uh, Christina's character, I'm not sure if that was in the fact that she does um, take the lead with the with her younger brother, whether that speaks to like a predatory aspect or whether she just likes being in control where she doesn't have much control in her life. I don't think it's child abuse because they're like pretty much the same age and both underage, yeah. but it... um. It was certainly compelling to, to to think about what's going on with these characters, hey? Yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's very great performance, honestly. And, and she's not a likable character. Like normally, she plays the likable um, oh, yeah. little girl, but she's really torn this line between, you know, being something questionable. You're not really sure, but you want to keep watching to see what's going on. So yeah, because yeah. she's kind of responsible for what happens to Elijah Wood at the end. I mean, we're talking spoilers. Um, yeah, go on. He dies. Yeah. And I just had this sense of dread when he was out there, didn't you? Like, Oh, absolutely. Especially when he was playing on the the icy board. And you could see him, like, slipping around when he was jumping yeah. on it. And, like, oh, my God, he's going to fucking break his neck. Yeah. No, he doesn't no. do that. No. <laughs> what happens to him, Dylan? Uh, he gets electrocuted to death. Yeah. And he sees it happen. You, like you see the dread in his eyes, knowing he's going to die. It's very harrowing. Yeah. So he's like, I didn't realize this to him, but the ice storm actually happened. Yeah, it's a real ice storm yeah. in '73. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not over um, Thanksgiving, but just after. Yeah. And so, yeah, it really did. It ruined the the whole community, like the area, for ages because there was massive storms of ice. <laughs> yeah. Um, a bad time to have a storm, you know, during middle winter in America. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, like a, a power line falls onto the um, side of the road. He's like on the guardrail and he's touching it and gets electrocuted. And and it wasn't funny, but it was just that sort of morbid, um, almost black comedy in the sense of he died and then he slid down the, the road, hey? Yeah, it's very rough. And it's like there was no point to it as well. Yeah, just a tragic accident, yeah. Yeah, which makes it more tragic in a sense that there was no reason for it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, and what do you mean Christina was um, responsible for it? Well, he says, like, do you want to go out and see the ice storm? And she's like, yeah, maybe, yeah. And so he goes oh, yeah. out thinking he's going to find her because he thought she that he was going to meet her at their usual spot at the drained pool. Mm. Um, but I got the sense that she kind of just used that to get him out of the house and hang out with the younger brother. Hey, that could be. That's that. Wow, yeah, I didn't, didn't pick up on that, Dylan. That's a good point. Well, that's that's what I'm saying with this movie. It's mm. just got lots of subtle things that... Because I watched it a second time this morning, as I mm. said, and that's that's what I picked up on the second time. Yeah. Yeah, I did wonder when she got there whether she was 
going to meet him there or whether she was. And yeah, they, they, because they're neighbors, they just turn up each other's house all the time. Yeah, pretty much. It was the 70s as well. <laughs> yeah. It's a different time. There wasn't really anything else she did. There's kind of a um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood vibes with all the like TV shows from the 70s, that sort of mm. thing they were watching, like mm. Green Hornet and that sort of thing. Very cool. Well, that's what I've written down here, Dylan. I said, it must have been a tough time being a kid back then because nothing to do and all you got is TV and all TV sucks. Oh, rough. Come on. <laughs> I mean, yes, there was no, you know, Breaking Bad or Shit's Creek, but, you know, there was some all right things. Righto. I mean... Batman 66, mate. That that would have been on reruns. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. That, that's it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, it. I, Only good show. <laughs> yeah, I've got some stray thoughts I'll just go through, and you can you pitch in whenever you um, feel like doing, but... Yeah. Um, I have to admit something. Okay. I watched the opening credits, and I read a bit about it, and I knew Elijah Wood was in the film, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then I watched the whole film, thinking, "Who's this kid? What's he been in?" And then Elijah got the, Wood got to the end credits. I'm like, "Oh, that, that was Elijah Wood. Okay, I forgot he was in this, even though like okay, I saw his name." <laughs> Were you tired again? Did you nearly fall asleep again, Lonnie? Does no, the streak continue? I didn't almost fall asleep. Oh, uh, sure had a, you had a did. Great old time. Okay. No, um, I think because because he's he's playing a different character. He's a bit younger and stuff. I you know just I wasn't in the mood. Like wasn't in the Mindset to be like, okay, look out for Elijah Wood being a young boy here. And also, I was trying to work out who his brother was the whole time, and his brother was in Jumanji. Jumanji, yeah. yeah. The yeah. young Alan Parrish that gets sucked into the game. That's it. Yeah. And not much sense, apparently, but, you know, he's pretty good in this. Yeah, he's all right for what the role was. Hmm. Um, so when, he, when Elijah Wood's like, hey, let's go outside to play in the storm, we'll go look at the storm. No, don't go out. Yeah. <laughs> Stay inside. Stupid, stupid decision. Uh yes, and I, I, you know, the sense of dread was there the whole time when um he was outside in the storm and like that's not a good place to be. Like you're worried, what's going to happen here? Mm. That is also like intercut with a sense of dread about Toby Maguire being in New York at this um yeah, drinking with these these friends of his. Well, friends. Well, Kramholtz yeah. is anything but, isn't he? Yeah, basically. This? So he's, he's like a dickhead roommate that like sleeps with all the girls that Toby Maguire likes mm. on purpose. Yeah. What an arsehole. Yeah. <laughs> it was so Come funny. why? <laughs> it's so funny to me that so there's a scene the first scene we see with, with Toby Maguire and um Katie Holmes, he's trying to hit on her and stuff, but he just can't do it because he's such a strong awkward guy. Yeah. And then he, he's talking to his his friend, he's not Crumholtz. Um and the friend's like, make sure you don't tell, you know, your roommate about her because, you know, he's just going to try and sleep with her like he does with all your girlfriends that you like. And Toby's like, oh, no. And so we get the sense of, like, his roommate is somebody who's like a Lothario who... A lady killer. A lady killer. And then <laughs> we cut to him later in his room. And it's Crumholtz. Just Crumholtz smoking weed, mate. <laughs> I guess he's charming and whatever, but it wasn't exactly who I thought was going to be the, you know, Brad Pitt or someone who's going to yeah. be... The- the lady stealer. No. Yeah, that's that's what I had on my notes. I was like, Crumholtz cast as a lady killer is interesting. But, you know, <laughs> it works. It works, yeah. Well, the fact that he turns up to spend Thanksgiving with Katie Holmes and Crumholtz is just there somehow. Mm. Yeah, somehow worked his way in and, um, yeah, he was going to stay the night because she was like, at one point, you're going to be okay to get home to Toby Maguire. Mm. And he was like, oh, no, here we go again. <laughs> 
Then he devises a plan to drug Kramaltz, doesn't he? Yeah. So I'm guessing that Kramaltz obviously ripped or something. That's probably why he's getting in with all these girls. But then, I think they're all rich, aren't well, they, really? Yeah, 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 true. Maybe he's... I don't know. He's dad's the mayor or something. I don't know. I'm trying oh. to work out some reason why Kramaltz is the... Our mayor's rich? Is that a well, thing? Well, they've had political power. Like maybe that's, you know, if they're all rich, maybe he's got something else going for him that... Mm. I don't know. Okay, maybe he's okay. really charming. I don't know. That is Kramaltz. He, yeah. he is known to be charming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Tobey Maguire, he hatches a plan to drug Kramaltz. I'm guessing just so it's like, oh, well, he's asleep. May as well go with me then. Like, that's the, his plan from there. <laughs> kind of. Or just to get some time alone with her, at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what yeah. he needs. A bit of alone time. Uh, so then, obviously, Katie Holmes comes in and sees the pills and she wants some as well. I thought she was going to die, Dylan. I, really oh, no. Did, didn't she, you? I, I was a little bit worried because they were, you know, mixing them with alcohol and that. Mm. So, but no, they just they just pass out, basically. Yeah, and she, not before she friend zones him. Um, yeah, says he's like a brother. Yeah. And he says, well, let's take a laugh then. Yeah. <laughs> My brother and sister. <laughs> Again, he's talking that line between being a an earnest sort of guy trying to find his place in the world and... Absolute creep. Yeah, it's, yeah, he's, he's a bit weird. Like, he speaks very um, fancily, doesn't he? <laughs> he does speak fancily, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. I'll give you that. Because <laughs> he, like, finds the pills and he's in, like, tonight you sleep the sleep of the just or something. <laughs> Talking about crumbles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great stuff. Uh, and then, very awkwardly as well, when she passes out, she passes out with her head in his crutch and it's like, oh, mate. You have like two seconds to move her head. You don't stay there all night and fall asleep with her head down there. Oh, he didn't. He left, didn't he? He fell asleep first. Did he? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And then he has to rush off and run to the train. Oh, the train. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, like don't don't be leaving her head there, is what I'm saying. Okay. And he pushes it back and she just falls. I'm like, oh, she's going to fall and hit her head and bleed. Oh, or Jesus. No. One tragic death's enough, I think. Well, I think, and that's what happened. I was kind of like, oh, okay, so we, we've pushed past all the, the dread and the, the fear and it's all going to be okay, but no. Ah, hit you out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like the accident itself. Yeah. And also, it, it's just very interesting where the movie starts where Chad McGuire is stuck on the um, train that's not going anywhere and you're like, oh, okay, and then the guy comes on. He's like, oh, train's back. We... Got electricity back, we're all good. And he turns up, and you kind of, I don't know if you felt like this, Dylan, but knowing the film was about Tobey Maguire going back to his family for Thanksgiving, you think that's him turning up? Did you feel that? Yeah, the first time yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't uh, feel like it was at the end. Exactly, but then it turns out that it's he's, he's gone away just for the night while they're while he's been back, yeah. and the fact that the train wasn't working because of the electricity was because of the accident that, that was caused by. Um, electric, the uh, electrocution of Frodo. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, it it's one of those things that just like made you like, oh wow, that's you set that up. I didn't realize you were setting it up, and now you set it up, and it's actually effective, but still very sad. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Dylan. Mm. Roger Ebert, our boy. Yeah, I guess. He was a big fan of this movie. Four stars. Four stars. I've got a quote here. Shall I read it to you? Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you'd do if you said no, because I'm going to do it anyway. So. 
But thanks for giving me permission. That's okay. That's all right. I don't like to make life difficult for you, mate. No, good on you. Um, Roger says, In a wooded suburb, affluent adults stir restlessly in their split little homes, depressed not only by their lives, but by their entertainments and even by their sins. Kind of leads into what you we were saying about, you know, even though you're having an affair, you're not very happy about it, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It goes on to finish by saying, they all feel their need for something. What we sense after the film is that the natural sources of pleasure have been replaced with higher octane substitutes, which have burnt out the ability to feel joy. Going through the motions of what once gave them escape, they feel curiously trapped. I think that's very true. I think the whole film was about people who were trying to, to break out and feel something, but then the more they try and do that, the, the less they can actually feel. Even Christina, yeah. who's 14 and, you know, basically depressed, we can, acting out to try and feel something, anything. Yeah, and, yeah, well, it's a very tragic film in most senses, to be honest. Like, no one's in a better place by the end, are they? No. It reminds me, Dylan, when I was at, at uni film school, yeah. one of the lecturers said that basically most films can be divided into two, right? Yeah, sure. The end message is either life is worth living or life isn't worth living. Sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and the idea being that most Hollywood films are kind of on the former where, you know, in the end, even after everything, it's it's worth being alive. I mm. mean, um, you know, European or indie or art house films kind of aren't so positive about life. And I think this one is very much in that second sense. And maybe that's why it doesn't um, have, hasn't had that staying power culturally um, because it is a bit of a downer ending. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But it does feel like the kind of film that you would study in film school, isn't it? Oh, for sure. Yeah. In, in the right place in the right time. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm a bit I'm a bit upset I hadn't seen it before this. But and once again, Christina Chronicles coming through for us. This, this is why. This is why <laughs> I wanted to do the whole series, to find some <laughs> hidden gems, just like yeah. this one. Because I could definitely see myself watching this again at some point in the mm. future. Mm-hmm. I feel it's one that you can come back and watch like every you know four or five years and get yeah. something different from it as you That's... as you age and you know go through the some of the things the characters go through. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Mm. You're gonna show Sane? Yeah, I'd watch it with Sinead. I think she'd like it. Yeah, I think she would too. Mm. Yeah, just one last thing about the film before we go wrap up, Dylan. Okay. I thought the ending was, like, shocking. Genuinely shocking where the film cut to Good black. Good pun. What was that? Good pun. Oh, thank <laughs> It was genuinely shocking, we wasn't it? We can't put that in, can we? Oh, boy. <laughs> Nah, come on. Maybe we will. Oh, you're right. Like, I knew we were coming close to the end of the film. Yeah, yeah. But I just didn't think it was going to end there the way it did. Just in that car, the dad's crying, Toby's, like, not sure what's going on. Yeah. The, the mum has, you know, she opened her... She was ready to, to, to cast him off. Now she was bringing him back into her life, but now she's like, what do I do? Yeah, Christina's Christina, crying. Because... She may have been responsible, well, maybe feeling some guilt. She'd feel the guilt at least, even if she wasn't, you know, liable in any real sense. She'd obviously feel guilty, I would have thought, yeah. So, yeah. What happens next, Dylan? That's my last question for you. What happens next to these characters? We don't know, Lonnie, but that's the good part. Again, you draw your own conclusions. And based on how you feel the characters have gone through the film, you can kind of draw out where you think they're going to land in the future. Mm. 
It's um, a lot of good... I don't think it's anywhere good. I don't think they're going anywhere better, but sure, it's hard to sure. also say they can go anywhere worse with the way they've been acting over the last um, period we've yeah, seen. It de- yeah, it depends if this tragedy brings them closer together or just them further apart. Mm. Could go either way, to be honest. Because you, you do hear those stories about people if, they've, if they lose a child or something and they try and stay together, but the whole family basically... They can't stay together going th- after going through such a traumatic event. So yeah, exactly, exactly. And this idea that the families have been linked, the neighbours and they've they've you know socially they're friends, but you know you, you could even argue maybe they can get through a, a cheating scandal, but getting through this, I don't think you can. In the fact that like it wasn't it wasn't Kevin Klein who killed the kid or anything like that, but he's the one who found him. Yeah, like that that would be enough to you know send you into years of therapy alone but the fact that it is the you know the child of the people you've been cheating with or on it's kind of yeah nothing good dylan i don't think yeah the son of the lady you're having an affair with yes dead on the road yeah and the one you you found yesterday you know trying to have it off with your daughter and (sighs) yeah yeah then your wife also you know had a key party with ended up with the guy yeah like it's like you are linked forever but not in yeah. a good way. Not in a way you want to be, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. Very complicated stuff. Mm. Okay, Dylan. So, final thoughts. What do you? What do you? Anything you want to wrap up with the ratings? What do you? What do you reckon? I nearly want to say close to a perfect movie. Really? Well, what's what's wrong with it? Really? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Like performance is a fantastic score. We didn't touch on that, but that's great. Um, a lot of xylophone action, very mm. unique score. Um, some great shots, especially of like icicles and ice, that sort of thing. Um, I love like close-ups of like food and drink in film. There's a few, few of those <laughs> where he's like, Kevin Klein's breaking the ice in an ice tray mm. and pouring some vodka in a glass. And yeah, just great direction, great camera work, great characters, great writing, great script. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see what's wrong with it. Like, great. Yeah. I'm with you, Dylan. Uh, one one great shot I'm just thinking of. Two great shots, actually. Yeah. First one is when the train pulls up at the station and all the men are wearing the same coat, just about. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was just a, you know, a nice little moment about you know, where the characters see themselves. He's just one in the crowd. He's trying to yeah. bring something into his life. of, But, you know, hard yeah. when you're in society like that. Sure. Um, second one, when the, the, the family having a dinner party and little boys are watching from upstairs and like yeah. looking just looking down on like their future basically or what they what they think might be the future in the but them I don't know, just a nice moment about that the whole film was about people who are older trying to recapture their youth and people who are younger trying to be older. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Summed up in that moment pretty well. Yeah. For sure. I think I read that in a review. I'll try and find the review. Wasn't oh, wasn't wasn't Roger, but it was someone else. Yeah, it's all good, Donnie. It's all good. So we'd recommend it. It's on Stan here in Australia. Um, I, I would imagine streaming elsewhere around the world. Oh, yeah, possibly. It might be on Netflix elsewhere or Hulu, something like mm. that. Yeah. But whatever you do, go find it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As we said, best best so far of the Christina Chronicles, and it'll take a, a lot to top it. I mean, it's a given that once we get the Speed Racer, that'll top it, but, you know, until then, it's going to be hard times. <laughs> Well, as we said, well, I'll just let that one go. But as we said, yeah, thank you. There's a lot coming up in '97, 
Oh, sorry, in 98, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight films. Fuck me, Christine. <laughs> Just jumping from set to set. No <laughs> break. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next one, which is Opposite of Sex. I don't know much about it. I'm keen to find out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Christine, is, uh, she's regained my trust again after this film. Yeah. We had a, had a bit of a rough trot there, didn't we, with Bear Mountain, Carolina... And that done cat. Oh done cat was the bright spot in that. No, run, it was but... all, yeah, it was terrible. That was like uh, the pathetic end to a short run of not good films. And now we're back. But this is, as we said, one of our first prestigious, yeah, prestige pictures. Um, we'll be getting into the indie indie range soon, and then there'll be some. There's some big ones and some little ones coming up. But I think um, we're in for the good good haul now, Dylan. Oh, um. I'm so keen. I'm excited again. I love it. <laughs> yeah, Dylan, you're so excited. What could your listeners do to match your excitement? Oh, I mean, giving us a like on any of the platforms we're on, giving us a follow, uh, giving us a rating. Five is great. One, don't do it. But if you have to, that's fine, I guess. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd all be great. And like, thinking, Dylan, what if our listeners have a podcast? Do they want us to come on and have as a guest? We'll do it. Will we? I'll do it. Uh, I have high standards, Lonnie, okay. of what I'll appear on, so I don't know. I don't right. know. We'll, we'll see what they, they do. But if you do you have a podcast, an old podcast, I might want to um, you know, collaborate. Well, we're definitely keen for that. Yeah, make it a good pitch so I'll come on too. Yeah, that's right. I were on YouTube as well recently. I need to get more stuff on YouTube. Dylan. I need to get around to that. But yeah, there's shareable clips on there, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to thank Mark for our theme song. Mark the man, as always. Mention my other podcast, I Only Like You in Movies. Mm, fantastic podcast. Get amongst that, people. We're hoping to get you on soon, Dylan, or maybe by the time this goes out, we'll have, have got you on. <laughs> we'll see. Mm, uh, Lonnie, I, yeah, we'll talk about it afterwards, but I've got some good news regarding oh, that. Hello, hello. Okay. <laughs> Until then, I miss you, Christina. I miss you, Christina. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.